family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. This podcast is proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound and Sounds Media. To have your podcast recorded, send an email to info at soundandsounds.co.za. That's info at s-o-u-n-d-a-n-d-s-o-u-n-d-s dot c-o dot today. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> God knows how many times I've visited this podcast account to like I just wanted to go for the next the new one, the new one. Can you make it like 200 times? <laughs> 200 times in a day, something like that. There are so many unanswered questions that you know I just find it very easy to to chew, to digest, and I'm glad I'm already taking bold steps with this podcast. Because actually matters in my life. This is Michael from Nigeria. It's time to take your seat at the table. Find out how with Vosi Tembeguayo as we discuss ideas that matter. A catalyst for bold action. Hello family and welcome to another episode of the VT podcast where we talk about ideas that matter. That was Michael, who came in all the way from Nigeria with uh, that testimonial. It was really cool, Michael. Thank you so much for your thoughts, your love, and your appreciation of the work that we do here. I want to say again that it's really important, I think, the work that we do, this idea of talking about ideas that matter. And the reason that's important is there's the old expression, isn't it, that uh, average people talk about people, you know, good people talk about about uh, ideas. And I think that that's the main theme that we're trying to push through on this, this idea that you really want to be talking about ideas and things that shift the way the world works. Today, I want to talk a bit about wealth. That's right. You heard me right. Wealth. I love the word wealth, and I'll actually tell you where this discussion is coming from. So about a day ago or so, I was on a the phone chatting over WhatsApp with one of my nephews. And and he was saying to me, he's uh, doing medicine. And he was like, oh, man, I can't wait to get out of school and, you know, start working so I can, you know, be rich, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll do well and you'll earn a decent income and you'll live an above average life. But just to be clear, and I say this with respect, I said to him, you'll always be limited in terms of your ability to create true wealth as long as your earning potential is tied to your personal skill and how much you get paid per hour for that skill. Don't misunderstand me. It's not to say you won't be liquid. It's not to say you won't live well. 
But wealth? Well, wealth is a stretch. He replied and he says, you just said wealth? I wasn't even thinking about that. I said rich. And so it really got me thinking. There's that uh, joke that was told, right, by uh, Chris, Chris Rock, the comedian. And he spoke about the difference between being wealthy and rich. And he says, I think if you remember, he says, y'all know Shaq? Shaq's rich. The guy paying Shaq? That nigga wealthy. <laughs> you know, this idea that there is a difference between rich and wealthy. And so what I thought I would do today is talk about the hallmarks of wealth. In my mind, there are five ways to build wealth, accumulate wealth, create wealth, but also live wealthy. Now, a lot of people who are and have never been exposed to wealth often don't understand this, that there is actually a science to wealth accumulation. It's different to being rich, and I'll explain that in a moment, but there is a science, there is a methodology, a process to accumulating, living, storing, and having access to wealth. So I'm going to give you five very quick hallmarks about how wealth works. This is based, by the way, on my own personal experience and my experience working with wealth managers all over the world. But it's also based on my experience of being friends with some of the wealthiest people, not only in South Africa, but actually some of the wealthiest people in our continent as well. And just over the past number of years, I've watched them, studied them. And sometimes you don't need somebody to sign on a piece of paper saying they're your mentor for you to learn the lessons. You can learn even from a distance. The best learning, I think, often happens by observation. So, what are these attributes or hallmarks of wealth? The first one is that wealthy people understand OPM. OPM, other people's money. Now, before you can get access to other people's money, you have to prove yourself, as my good friend Real Milan would say, you have to prove yourself a good steward. You have to prove that you're a good custodian. And the way to do that is first to manage your own finances well. But OPM, other people's money, is the idea that you can leverage and utilize other people's money for an exponential upside and gain and that you participate in the upside or the gain. Study the history of those who've built really, really large businesses. In South Africa, we talk about somebody, for instance, like Adrian Gore, who raised 100 million rand when he started Discovery. Why raise 100 million rand from funders to start Discovery? Because even though he was creating wealth, he understood that OPM would take him to his destination far quicker than trying to save money and do it himself. OPM. But to do that, you need a good character. Make note of this. First, you need a good character. Second, you need a track record. And the best track record is managing yourself and your money well. Third, you need a credible story. Without a credible story about how you're going to multiply that cash, no one is going to trust you with their money. And here is a mistake that people make. I get so irritated when people make this mistake with me. Do you really think somebody got wealthy being stupid? 
Like what's what are the odds that somebody has accumulated wealth and doesn't and cannot tether logical thought about how to manage their money? So, if you're approaching somebody who has money, consider for a moment that they might actually know what they're doing. That means you need to know what you're doing really really well. You need to understand it in detail and in nuance. You need to know what questions are going to be asked, eight questions down the discussion line, and prep yourself for those. You can't approach a high net worth individual or an ultra high net worth individual and think you're just going to take a shot and a wing at this thing. You've got to be utterly prepared. So character, track record, and deep technical knowledge of what it is that you're doing. So the first hallmark of Creating wealth is OPM, other people's money. Now, as you know, in our firm, we've just launched our 350 million rand debt fund. And that 350 million rand debt fund is a great example of OPM. We've powered, by the way, in the fund by Sasfin, the bank. And we've used OPM to make a difference in the market. So it's about understanding this concept of other people's money. Second thing that very, very wealthy people understand and they understand this better than even people who are rich, is that the function of money is to buy time. That's it. The function of money is not to buy goods or properties or cars or things that you can show off on Instagram. The function of money is to just buy time. Now, you might be listening to this thinking, how on earth do I buy time? Well, you do a few things. The first is you have to reduce your burn rate. What's burn rate? Burn rate is the rate at which you're burning cash. Now, usually what happens is salaried people, and I say this with respect, but people who tend to have access to ready access to money on a regular basis increase their burn rate. The more money they make, the more money they burn. They'll burn it by getting themselves into larger credit agreements, buying new stuff, new assets that they absolutely convince themselves they need. They indebt themselves to the absolute hilt, and they cannot live without the next paycheck. Wealthy people buy time. So rather than spend money, they keep money because they understand having it buys them time. Time to do what? Well... Time to take a year's sabbatical and not have to worry about losing anything. Time to take a six-month holiday and not worry about where the next paycheck is coming from. Does that make sense? So wealth is about shifting your mindset from spending money by reducing your burn rate and buying time. Now, what I'm going to say next, I'm almost sure, is going to offend someone. You know one of the hallmarks of how you spot a wealthy person? <laughs> Some of you are not going to like this. Wealthy people very rarely drive the latest model of any car. Very rarely. They generally drive a car that's two or three models old. Why? Remember when you watched those movies and you saw the Queen of England driving a Range Rover? How come it wasn't the latest Range Rover HSE autobiography black? What does the Queen know that you and I need to learn? You know what the Queen knows? She knows this. Money talks. Wealth whispers.
so they always drive two models old. It'll be a lovely car, don't get me wrong. It'll be a S-Class or a Range Rover or a, my favorite brand, a Jag, as Jeremy Clarkson would say. But always two models old. So the second hallmark then of creating wealth is that you want to lower your burn rate. The third thing you need to be aware of if you want to create wealth is that you need to, and this is important, you need to have access to assets that are generating cash. Here's what people get wrong. First, you're told, have money to buy assets. That's only half the story. The real story is have money to buy assets that themselves make more money. So the idea is that you want your liquidity to generate new forms of liquidity. The real problem you should be having is that you should own so many income-generating, free cash flow-generating assets that your worry is how are you going to put that money into other structures that are efficient from all sorts of costs. So you want to really understand this idea of having liquidity and to have liquidity, having access to assets that themselves generate cash. There are some people, and I know one or two, more than that actually, whose real problem is how do they spend money? Because they're generating so much money that their income statement at a personal level is just not tax efficient. So they have a real problem around how do they spend the money that they make? But for the rest of us, the question you want to understand and understand it well is how do I own assets whose, whose assets generate even more cash? The fourth hallmark about people that really know how to generate and create wealth is they're very good at taking advice. Very, very good. They pay wealth managers and wealth planners and investment advisors and certified financial planners millions to manage their portfolios. Can we just think about this logically? If somebody who's worth 100 million rand is willing to pay millions to somebody to manage their 100 million rand, and we all agree that it's unlikely, it's not improbable, nor is it impossible, but it is unlikely for you to really make 100 million rand in liquid assets unless you've got two bits worth of brain cells in your head. If somebody is worth that kind of money and they're willing to take advice, what are the odds that you and me should be taking advice too? What do they know that we should find out? Taking advice is a fundamental part of how you create wealth. Now, not all advice is the same, and I'm not for one moment allocating or, you know, even adjudicating that you should listen to everybody the same way. But advice is a fundamental part of how you do wealth creation. And finally, what's the final way to create wealth, accumulate wealth, manage wealth? Well, this is the easiest if you're a person with a high center and locus of control. It's the hardest if you're not. And that's this. If you want to accumulate wealth, you have to do it for you. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it, that we live in a time and an era where something isn't true unless we have proven to the world that it is so. So, you want to accumulate wealth? You want money? It has to be 
for you. You've read the stories, right, about how some of the wealthiest people in the world will drive a car that they've had for decades, or they'll live in a home that they've lived in for decades, or they'll have spending habits which are quite opaque, in fact, you know, idiosyncratic if you think about it. It's because that wealth is for them. It's not for the world. It's not for everybody else. These are, in my mind, the five things you need to know and understand if you want to create wealth. I don't posit here for a moment that they're easy. In fact, I can almost guarantee you they're very, very, very hard to do. But for you guys, listeners to this podcast, the iconoclasts that you are, I know that you will listen and you will hear. There is a difference between rich and wealthy. And so here's the real question. How much time can you buy today? From me, Vusi Temberwayu, our partners at Sound and Sounds at our studios in Joburg. This was our podcast for this week. Sayonara. This podcast was proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound and Sounds Media. To partner with us, visit mygrowthfund.co.za or email info at mygrowthfund.co.za.